Chris Scalzer here with Matt Howell. Recording this late Sunday night because the Pats have, I'm assuming, cheated their way into another Super Bowl. No, whatever. So it's a late night, but I know Matt's going to bring the energy. I'm very excited about it because he is a consummate professional. Ish. Mm-hmm. Right. This week on the big show, on the first run, because listen, podcasters, you're supposed to name drop your show. You really shouldn't just jump into stuff. So this week on the first run, Matt and I are going to discuss Mary Poppins Returns. As I live and breathe. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good, pretty good uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda Thank impression. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. We're going to talk about the much, is anticipated the right word? Disney no. sequel, The Mary Poppins Returns. And of course, Clint Eastwood returns, not just to the directorial chair, but he acts for the first time since Trouble with the Curve in The Mule. And the question on everybody's mind is how many threesomes will you participate in in this film? And then, of course, with so much movie news going on, it's the return of the lounge, which is basically our general kind of BS time for about 20 minutes. So... <laughs> We gotta get Matt into bed, so let's get this train rolling. Here's a clip from As I Live and Breathe. Mother! Aunt Daddy! Come quick! Quickly! What is it, Georgie? Has something happened? I was flying the coach and I got caught on a nanny! Whatever are you talking about? Come! Come look! Wait, where did you get that kite? I found it in the park. She kept it from blowing away. Close your mouth, please, Michael. We are still not a codfish. <coughs> Jane Banks. Still rather inclined to giggle, I see. Good heavens. It really is you. You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? How incredibly rude. One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. I'm sorry, I didn't... You came know. back. I thought we'd never see you again. It is wonderful to see you. Yes, it is, isn't it? Was it, Matt? Was it wonderful to see Mary Poppins returns? Now, I'm assuming you saw this with your your lovely young child. You're uh, you're correct. I did see this with my uh, lovely young child. That is right. So, it's been a long time since the first Mary mm. Poppins film, 1964, with right. uh, Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke, and a I think certifiable classic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's fair. And we watched it again uh, over the over the holidays. We mm. went through a kind of rotation of classics, Wizard of Oz. We popped in Mary Poppins. And that film still does hold up. It is just wonderful. Okay. So, this is a sequel slash kind of reboot, relaunch, I believe. Right. What were your thoughts? And is this, were you happy and excited that we finally got a sequel to the um. So I don't think uh, the original was really begging for a sequel, um, if I may be so bold. Um, you know, I I, uh, I think the leaving well enough alone would have been fine. Um, honestly, as this as longtime listeners of this show will know, I'm not a huge fan of musicals, so um, this is a tough sit for me. Um, yeah, I uh, I whatever magic the first one had, this one was absent, and. Um, I, I just have to assume that's just because of uh, we don't have uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke or uh, uh, Julie Andrews. 
Julie Andrews, yes, I'm drawing a blank, I'm sorry. Um, in the title roles, I think they brought all of the charm to the role. And yeah. I, honestly, it was kind of boring. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that myself. I think one of the big two failings for me for the film is the music. The songs just don't seem to have the same impact to me. I don't think it's just nostalgia either. Mm. I think they're really, they just weren't as good as the original. And it tries to kind of replicate those moments, right? When, you know, there's the sidewalk chalk art jumping the into this time, it's a bowl. You know, they try to kind of recreate a whole bunch of those different things. There's the upside down house when before they'd laugh and float in the air, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it just felt a little hollow to me, unfortunately. There are a few moments that I thoroughly enjoyed, but as a whole, the film didn't really ever connect with me. And I don't know if that's because I'm not a kid. I feel like it's innocuous enough that it'll work as family entertainment, and I think maybe even it's worth a watch then. Though I feel it deals with some kind of heavier subjects than the original film did. We don't now we're not dealing with just with unruly, you know, undisciplined kids. We're gonna lose our home. Our job, there's no money, you know. It's 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 right. a lot heavier stuff going on here, which I guess I don't know if that's just a sign of the times that they need to kind of beef it up a little bit. I don't know. Still, it's 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 okay. It's competently done, and I think for for a kids' film, for a family movie, it's 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 good. It's fine. Yeah, and I mean, as somebody who probably sees a, a lot, I see out of the two of us, I would hope I see the bulk of the family films, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've had some pretty good, solid entertainment out there. I mean, even the animated films, even if they're kind of lackluster, they have their moments, whereas this just seemed kind of blah. I mean, it just seemed like it was just there. And my, I, I can tell you this, my, my daughter was not into it. She was not like a huge uh, Mary Poppins fan, um, but we went, and I don't think she really took away much of anything from it. That's too bad. I, yeah, I think it's just a little unimaginative. Just mm. like you say, it's a little bland. It doesn't... What if they embraced the? What if we get into the mythos of who she is? Because she's a witch, right? Isn't she a witch? I honestly have no idea what the backstory of uh, of Mary Poppins is. I can't. She. I, that's the only thing that kind of falls that checks all the boxes. And so maybe in the next film, she goes up against her evil twin, like Michael Knight and Garth, like a Knight Rider. Maybe it'll be uh, in it's a broomstick instead of an umbrella we could have a whole right. big harry potter kind of face off yeah would that be too uh, heavy mary poppins and the deathly hallows it could work yeah 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 no all right as i said it's just i think it's fine for family entertainment though i think you are of the of the team here you're the, you're the authority on that cuz you see most of those films so you're saying is it a skip it in that realm then is it not even worth I mean, if you're looking to go take your kids out to go see something and you've seen everything else that's out there, you might as well. I mean, um, it's 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 innocuous, but if they don't want to see it, I wouldn't drag them to it. You're not really super missing anything. I'd give it a C plus. That's exactly what I had written down as well. What a C plus. Wow. Mm -hmm. Synergy. Synergy. That's right. We are on the same wavelength. All that arguing that you came for from all of our earlier shows are done. Done. <laughs> Although we're firing Chris at the end of the show because he didn't like something that we may talk about later. So, uh, what? Uh, okay, interesting. You've had a chance to see Mary Poppins Returns. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Just an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. How'd you feel about Emily Blunt? Um, again, just kind of. 
I like Emily Blunt, but she just seemed kind of lifeless. Like I, she didn't have the vibrancy that Julie Andrews does. And that's what I think uh, that kind of like impish uh, mischievousness um, that, uh, you know, Julie Andrews had, she just seemed kind of like an uptight nanny. Well, we, we get Dick Van Dyke. I don't understand why they couldn't get Julie Andrews. Angela Lansbury is in this thing, but we True. can't get uh, uh, Julie Andrews to do a, a cameo or something. I didn't quite get that. Mm, maybe Julie Andrews didn't want to do it. Maybe. I don't know. I've, I'm like, wait a minute. Has she passed? Like when I got home or I got out of the movie, I looked up my phone. I mean, yeah. she's still with us, right? Yeah, and she is. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it was just something she just was not interested to participate in. So interesting. Again, feedback at thefirstrun.com. Share us your thoughts on Mary Poppins Returns. Maybe you love that whole, you know, Gaslight Guy montage song that went on that felt like for 20 minutes. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I missed something. The lamp ladders that take the place of the chimney sweeps? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right, all right, Matt. So let's go ahead then and uh, let's move on because we still got to get you all tucked into bed for the night. And of course, as always, every episode is specifically mastered for a particular listening experience. This one is magically putting away your clothes in your brand new wardrobe or in any wardrobe or dresser. Very good. All right. I don't get very many opportunities to do that, so I won't be listening to this very often. Damn it. That's true. I never thought about it that way. Wow, yeah, a lot of these experiences are very hard to come by. <laughs> they are. They really are. <laughs> but you know what? I appreciate we think outside the box. Anybody That's can true. say this is mastered for a run. Who who cares about that? No. We master it for a run away from um, katana wielding hitmen on bicycles that's really what we that's what we work it out for we really want to get that perfect sound for you mm-hmm. so coming up on blu-ray and dvd this upcoming tuesday january 22nd is a film i saw you did not that is i think un- just unfairly missed it just i don't know this didn't have the impact i thought it would so here's a clip jan the ship is stable they're gonna be all right he's okay jan i need you to go home fine turn the box back on I'll see what now, I can do. Now, turn the box back on. Now. Well, there's security protocol. Well, I don't give a damn. I've got a dozen cameras on my front lawn, Deke. Do you want me telling them what's going on? Jen, you have to trust us. We've got this under control. No, you don't. All these protocols and procedures to make it seem like you have it under control. But you're a bunch of boys making models out of balsa wood. You don't have anything under control. That is Claire Foy in First Man. Starring, of course, Claire Foy and Ryan Gosling in the story of Neil Armstrong, directed by Damien Chazel, who gave us Whiplash and La La Land, just didn't really hit this past year. I'm not quite sure why. It is good. I don't know if it's quite as good as his other two films. My, I felt it was a little cold and distant, but I thought also may have been Chazel's intention, and I just did a poor job of taking it in. Uh, it's coming up, obviously, this upcoming Tuesday, the 22nd on 4K and Blu-ray. I think I, I, I definitely want to see this again. I'm wondering if I will. I, I feel, Matt, that I'm going to appreciate it more on a second viewing. Okay. Include some deleted scenes, a bunch of making featurettes as well, So and feature commentary from Chazel, as well as the screenwriter and editor of the film. How to Train Your Dragon 2, which I understand is a great little series. Have you seen this sequel? Yeah, I really like uh, the How the How to Train Your Dragon series. It's pretty good. So it's the sequel that's coming out includes commentary by the director. 
and a whole bunch of other featurettes, a trivia track, a Frozen episode from DreamWorks Dragons, Defenders of Burke, a Book of Dragons short, and uh, some other commentaries as well. The Hate You Give. Star Carter is constantly switching between two worlds, the poor, mostly black neighborhood where she lives and the rich, mostly white prep school she attends. The uneasy balance between these worlds is shattered when Star witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood best friend Khalil at the hands of a police officer. Includes three extended scenes, five featurettes, and an audio commentary. Johnny English Strikes Again is being released. Includes audio commentary by director David Kerr. I have not seen any of the Johnny English films. Have you? I have not, no. Fair enough. So let's move on. Coming up on Blu-ray for the first time from Criterion. A, oh, I don't know how to describe this. Just a horrifyingly gripping film. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Matt. Four months, three weeks, and two days. Are you familiar with this? I have not, no. So Romanian filmmaker Christian Mungi shot to international prominence with his rigorously realistic Palme d'Or winning second feature. In 1987, during the dictatorship of Nicolae Cisescu, college roommates... Otila and Gabita seek an illegal or illegal abortion for Gabita. And it is just everything she goes through. It is a horrifying film, though, that I think must be watched. It includes a new 4K restoration of the film, some brand new interviews as well, and some alternate alternate and some deleted scenes and a bunch of other stuff. But it's it's a I don't want to say it's a one timer, but it is still, I think, everything that needs to be seen. Okay. And then Elaine May crafted a gangster film like no other in the Nocturnal Odyssey. Mickey and Nikki also being released by Criterion. Capitalizing on the chemistry between frequent collaborators John Cassavetes and Peter Falk. Includes a brand new 4K restoration of the film supervised by Elaine May. As well as a new program, the making of the film, and some new interviews with a few film critics. And an audio interview from Peter Falk back from 76. Arrow, Matt, is releasing Waterworld on Blu-ray. It is a Man. Yeah, go ahead. You remember when that was like just like considered outrageously expensive? They spent $200 million on it, and it was like the sky was falling. Now that's like a, a, an average summer blockbuster that's budget. <laughs> I have never seen Waterworld. Is it any good? Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I've seen it actually multiple times. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. It's weird. Um, it's not great, but it's worth a Saturday afternoon, uh, nothing better to do kind of watch. Well, now you can pick it up with a two-disc limited edition, a brand new restoration. It's a 4K scan of the original negative and uh, includes six collector's postcards, a double-sided fold-out poster, a limited edition 60-page perfectly bound book. I don't know how they know that. Reversible sleeve featuring the original and as well as newly commissioned artwork. Disc one features a theatrical cut. Disc two, which is a limited edition exclusive, Matt, are two extended cuts of the film. The U.S. TV cut, which runs 40 minutes longer, as well as the extended European Ulysses cut, which includes censored shots and dialogue. So if you're a Waterworld fan, this looks to be the reveal or release for you. Well, you can muster up a lot of enthusiasm for that. Yeah, well, yeah. I've never seen it. I hear it's supposed to be okay, entertaining. That's what you just said. That's true. And I'm never wrong, so. Fair. Coming up from Shout Factory is an all-time classic starring Sylvester Stallone. A brand new 2K remaster of the film, Matt. And what is this? 
five new featurettes include basically all interviews with actors and actresses from the movie, but not the big actor, not the big interview. And that is, of course, Stallone's Cobra, which is something else. If you haven't seen Cobra, has one of my all-time favorite scenes, Matt, when the, he's eating the slice of pizza and he cuts it in half with a pair of scissors. <laughs> really? And then eats it. And I don't know why he does that, but he does. <laughs> so Stallone basically hunts a gang of serial killers, which apparently is a thing. And then you can watch him do that in some great, cheesy, awesome 80s dialogue. Shout Factory is also releasing Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the brand new 2K remaster of that film. I don't know if I said it, but Cobra's getting a 2K remaster as well. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels also includes a new interview with the writer, Dale Lawner. Audio commentary ported over from a prior release from director Frank Oz. Again, Shout Factory with a 4K remaster of 10 to Midnight, the Charles Bronson film where he plays an L.A. detective who's hunting a serial killer. There's a whole bunch of new featurettes on that, including some new audio commentaries and interviews with some of the production people and actors. MVD is releasing the movie Double Dragon. Yes, there was a movie about Double Dragon. It includes two brand new making of featurettes and a new high-definition transfer. Twilight Time has a bevy of new releases, limited to 3,000 copies only. Beat the Devil, directed by John Huston, written by Truman Capote. Return of Frank James... Directed by Fritz Lang, starring Henry Fonda, which is a revenge western. Yanks, uh, which stars Richard Gere and Vanessa Redgrave. And then Untamed, starring Tyrone Power. So if you're familiar with any of these films, and they got a limited run come from Twilight Time. And then Best Friends or Best Fiends, parts one and two, officially being released as a package. This is the Greg Sestero, Tommy Wiseau. Reunion Films. I got to meet them last year and see part one. I did not see part two, unfortunately. I will have to catch up with it. It's not like The Room. But he, Sestero does a good job of capturing Tommy in all his glory. So, there you go. Straight to DVD pick of the week, Matt, is going to be Sheborg. When an alien fugitive crash lands into a local puppy farm and begins turning people into machines that feed on puppy flesh... Dylan and her BFF, Eddie, have to decide whether or not to take on the Sheborg menace and save the world. Puppies. That is sad. <laughs> what should we be streaming this week that hopefully doesn't involve a puppy farm? Sure. Um, so one of, um, I think one of our favorite movies of the past year um, that came out in 2018, a good little uh, indie film, um, Sorry to Bother You, is available on Hulu. Um, it's the story of a young man who um, learns how to speak white for his uh, telemarketing job, and he quickly moves up the ranks, and it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Um, the ending you may or may not be on board with, we'll see, but um, Army Hammer is a delight, so he has a good time in this, so it's a, it's a, it's a really... I think anybody can be on board on this for at least three quarters of this film. That's That's enough for me to give it a recommendation. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. a good one. All right, let's move on then, Matt. Let's we got man, we gotta get Matt into his jammies. All right. I'm gonna take another quick break. I, I'm in my jammies right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh go Rams. And we're gonna come back and no, no, no go Rams. Let's not. Let's not do this. <laughs> let's talk about the mule.
Oh. Need help, sir? Oh, uh, officer, hi. You need help? Uh, no, no, I'm fine, thank you. What do you got there? Uh, well, pecans. I'm delivering pecans to my niece. Pecans? Here. Yeah, pecans. She makes the worst pecan pie you've ever tasted. I feel sorry for her husband, but... And I feel sorry for the pecans, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. So why don't you tell the fine folks at home or on the road or cleaning up their bedrooms magically by putting their clothes into their their dressers. What is the mule all about? And then answer the question for me. If this is indeed it, is this a good final acting swan song for Clint? Um, okay. So the mule is about a um, uh, elderly man who... Um, was in, really into raising rare flowers. Um, he's a horticulturist. Um, he's lost all of his money because obviously, shock of all shocks, horticulture doesn't uh, pay the bills very well. Um, so he gets on as a drug mule for a shadowy cartel from south of the border um, that is up in Illinois for some reason. And he's going to drive it south because nobody would expect an octogenarian drug mule. And that's uh, basically it. Now to your second question. Um, this is no. I would say no. This is not a, a good uh, a good thing, a good film to exit on. But um, honestly, he might as well just go ahead and, and quit with the acting right now. And if some of his more recent directing work is is uh, up to is indicative, get rid of that too. I think Clint needs to hang it up. You think so, huh? As much as I love the man, that's well, very true. His filmography directorially has always been kind of hit and miss sure like he'll do you know unforgiven which could be the greatest western of the 20th century maybe mm-hmm. uh but then he'll do like blood work you know which is just not good <laughs> the 1517 the paris was atrocious just, i i've not yeah the, oh my gosh terrible sully was okay and i really liked american sniper i think it was like my number two or three film of that year yeah yeah but Trouble with the Curve was a disaster. Of course, he just acted in that, I believe. He didn't direct that. Jay Edgar, not great. Hereafter, not great. Uh, I did not see Invictus. Changeling was solid. Gran Torino, I think, may have been the one to go out on. I agree. I agree. So, all right. So you're saying this is not a good one for him to go out on performance-wise, or at least maybe it's the film that's the issue. Where do you leave yeah. on that? Is it's it's because I thought his performance on this was solid. I thought he turned in some solid work on this. There were times yeah. where I felt like I was watching my grandfather, and I'm going through my head is, you know, I haven't talked to him like in a week or two. I wonder <laughs> if he's running if he's running a running a shipment yeah, from New York to, to, to somewhere else uh, up to the Canadian border. Well, he's um, yeah, he's he's in his nineties, so probably not. Well, I mean, Clint's eighty eight, so pretty close. Um, okay. So I guess I guess you're right. I guess I can see that Clint's performance is decent, um, but uh, there's just something about this movie. I'm just never not engaged by it at all. It just seems very dour and lifeless, and I don't know if that's just uh, if that's the script or if that's the direction or if it's just you know Clint um, kind of struggling to put together his you know his gravitas or only because he's only got one kind of note at this point in his repertoire, grumpy old man. I don't really know what it is. (laughs) 
could be all of those things to be quite honest with you initially when i was watching this thing i thought there's some kind of vanity project for clint he's like i want to go make one last film and i want to act in it and have as many naked women in threesomes as possible <laughs> and then i thought well and then i found it was actually based on a true story and i'm like well, uh-huh. well maybe then that's why he optioned it i don't know there you go well, so I mean, what you keep talking about the threesomes? How tell the listeners? I'm sure they all want to know how many threesomes are in this film. Well, how many is too many? I think is the is the question. <laughs> is one <Any>? too many? <laughs> There's two, <laughs> two, and I just that... I, and that's just what he sees on camera. He could just, right. this could be his life now. For all I know, it's true. Could be. Now I'm sure here's well, here's a funny thing. So I heard about that going into the movie, and then I'm th- my first thought was, I'll bet you he's had a ton of those in his real life. Like when he <laughs> was in prime Clint mode, yeah, that he just must have been, you know. I but <clears throat> now probably still the same. And I think then I'm like maybe it's just jealousy. I think it's what it is. Maybe you think it's what it is. Could be. Yeah. Not not now, but when I was younger, I'm happily married now. Mm-hmm. but you, you know you, what i don't know i mean i can barely give enough attention to one woman i can't imagine having the that's that's another story i got from my you therapist know, you know so, 50 years 50 years from now when you're pushing 90 maybe maybe you'll have learned everything maybe that'll be the time <laughs> with modern drugs i'm sure they that's can make a lot of progress in 50 years that's probably good they probably good. I think, listen, I think Clint does a fine job in this. I thought his performance was exceptionally strong. I thought directorially he did a great job. This didn't have the the errors and omissions and issues that I think that omissions, just the issues that 1517 The Paris had. You can go back to our episode when I discussed that. That film really ticked me off. Um, this one does not. I think he does. It's a fairly entertaining story. I think one of the weakest points on it for me is the DA agents. I think Bradley Cooper and, and, and Michael Pena here are just wasted entirely. They're just stereotypes of movie DEA agents. That whole sub, that whole plot line was underwhelming and boring as all hell. The thing I found the, found the most interesting was the family dynamic, the human drama of this man who who just basically ignored his family for his entire life and is trying to kind of make amends, but still. You know, and then him and Diane Weist are great in this thing, uh, as well as Tissa Farmiga. That's, I think, when the film shines for me, is the human family dynamic. That's when I was most roped in. And then possibly some of the, when he does some of the runs and his interactions with some of the cartel members, which is another thing, too, I did not expect. Did you know, Matt, that drug cartel people are they're just people like you and me? You know, they, they have family, they're willing to talk and just kind of get to know you. And I never really thought about it that way. That's right. That's very true. I mean, everybody's just trying to make ends meet, Chris. That's it. Just get, trying some to get people, through the day. Yeah. Some people work for an insurance company. Other people, you know, go cut heads off of the uh, cartel heads enemy. You know, that's just what he does for a living. Yeah. He still ties his shoes one, one pant leg at a time or whatever that is. <laughs> So, I don't know. If this is what he goes out on, fine. I Like I said before, I think Gran Torino was the, is the one that, to go out on. But it's okay. It's, it's, I think the film is salvaged by his performance. And again, it's just the family dynamic. The thing that really dra- dragged it down for me was some of the cartel stuff and the DEA stuff. I just did not care at all. 
and it did a very I think poor job of getting me interested in any of that. So for me, Matt, I'm actually still going to give the the mule. I think I'm going to give it a B minus. I, I I vacillate between that and C plus, but I think this stuff with him and Diane Weiss, especially near the end uh, when he goes to visit her, I thought was particularly moving and well done. So I think I'll stand by my guns and go with the B minus on the mule. Uh, yeah, I, I obviously didn't like it as much as you did. Um, although I didn't think it was terrible. So I'm going to go give it the Mary Poppins treatment, the C plus. Mm-hmm. Can we I call it C plus the Mary? Sure. <laughs> let's just call, let's just call a C plus now on the Mary Poppins treatment. All right. Can't wait. <laughs> sure. I'm going to give it an MP. An MP? An NPR <laughs> on Mary Poppins Returns. We've had a chance to see the mule. Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts as always. Next up, it's going to be the lounge. This is when Matt and I just kind of toss out a bunch of stuff that happened over the last week or so in the movie world that uh, tickled our fancy that we wanted to share with you. We got some major news about a day or so ago. And I got to tell you, Matt, I don't know. I don't know if it was the wrong decision. I th- maybe, maybe it was right. Here's a hint. Superman was a beacon the world why aren't you you're an inspiration diana you don't just save people you make them see their better selves and yet i I never heard of you until luther lured you out by stealing a picture of your dead boyfriend shut yourself down for a century so let's not talk about me moving on you know that if she kills you, we'll cover for her. We are not enough. Each of us in our own way is held back, and I promise you, Steppenwolf is not out there talking about ethics. He's trying to burn down the world. Can you spot the Joss Whedon interjection in that scene? Any ideas? Any guess? Any questions? Uh, I think it's when uh, it's the Flash. Mm-hmm. I think that he would, they would cover for Wonder Woman if she kills him. Yeah, I would, I, I would believe so. So... If you haven't heard the news, basically the head of WB Pictures has said that basically the Marvel track of the shared universe for DCEU is done and that they're moving on. They're going to focus on the solo films Mm -hmm. with uh, directorially focused efforts. And okay. You know what? I think if if that's where we got to go, that's fine. They, They botched it in the first place. Because they rushed the whole thing out. There's stuff coming out this weekend as well. Is that the studio had a very heavy hand in, in the whole thing. And we're not letting them kind of do or Snyder do what he wanted to do. Now, granted, remember the earlier reviews of Justice League, Matt, was that it was unwatchable. Mm-hmm. But that he wanted to set up these individual films first, just like the MCU did, right? And then eventually do the Justice League film. And, they, and they're like, no... We need to cash in on this now. So do a Superman, do BVS, and then we got to get that Justice League movie cooking. And uh, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine at some point they won't come together and do like a big dark side thing. But at this point, I don't even know when we're going to get another Superman movie, which just blows my mind. One of the most instantly recognizable properties on the planet. Right, and we can't get a second film in development, or at least another one. I don't understand it. So, I don't know. But what are your thoughts on potentially officially now 
the DCEU Marvel-style shared universe where people show mm-hmm. up and there's some grand plan that sure. is all dead. Um, you know what? I'm fine with it. Um, I think it's probably the way to go. As you said, um, they botched it from the beginning and it's just always kind of smacked as like kind of an also-ran. Like they were obviously aping their competition and they were just yeah. delivering subpar results. And um, it wasn't a good look for them because honestly, DC... You know, they didn't deserve that. I mean, they have like the most iconic characters that there are out there and they're just kind of wasting them. So I'm as a way of differentiating themselves from Marvel. Um, I think it's probably a smart move. Um, just kind of reset. Um, Wonder Woman's doing fine on her own. Aquaman's obviously doing fine on her own. Um, you know, we're kind of <clears throat> going shatter scattershot with the Joker anyway. You know, Affleck doesn't want to do it anymore get rid of him let's have another different batman let's do something different um you know gotham by gaslight like is what we keep asking for <laughs> like you know right. something like that i'm completely fine with it and um and i'm not surprised that there's not even another superman movie um you know even in the works right now just because i'm of the opinion that superman's hard to write like a compelling story for no because, he's not yes he Th- is that is such a weird kind of I know there's two issues, right? Is because he's the Boy Scout, but also he's so powerful, right? Those are the two things, I guess, that work kind of work against him. Sure. But they're able to make really fascinating and interesting movies with Captain America, which he didn't, maybe not have thought was possible. That first film, not terribly good, but the mm-hmm. following two are fantastic. And all you got to do is throw some magic or some kryptonite, and you're fine. So I I don't buy into this Superman is hard to do. He just you just have to have the right people and the right ideas. I don't think it's that hard. And I'm reading um Bendis' superhero Superman run right now, and it's pretty good. I'm actually really enjoying it. And there have been some really classic Superman tales and Superman movies. So I don't I just don't know if I buy into that. I. Uh... Sure. Agree to disagree. I mean, Superman's become basically a god. He's bigger than his own character. And I don't really see, you know, I just don't see people buying into that. I mean, um, every iteration of Superman, like you said, is the Boy Scout of some level. You know, um, are you going to do Christopher Reeve ad nauseum? Because, you know, uh, uh, moody Superman from uh, Henry Cavill is not the way we want to go. No, we don't. Uh, You know, I mean, I would be... I would be really interested if they did something completely different, if they kind of did like the whole Grant Morrison thing where they kind of really focus on the fact that he's an alien and he's like, doesn't really belong here kind of thing. And well, that's that what is, Snyder was t- attempting to do. Yeah. Ham fistedly. But I mean, like, uh, you know, um, I guess he just didn't work it out very well, but see, that's the thing. I don't even know where they would go with this. I mean, even wonder woman, just because, or Aquaman, or anybody else. I mean, there's just it just seems like there's a lot more opportunity. But I'm just one guy, one really and, cool, uh, smart, sleepy guy. That's right. And there's you know millions of people who agree with me. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? Um, okay, so uh, let's see. I was talking about how you were gonna, I was gonna fire you earlier in the week because the John Wick three trailer dropped. We'll yep. say the kids would say, and as you'll know, this did not make Chris's most anticipated list of 2019. And he actually scoffed at me when I brought it up. Now, after yeah. watching this, yes, you did. You're like, no, no, not good enough for me. I dug up a couple other things that are going to be better than this, but no, well, it's true. Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut. Come on, now after watching this trailer, 
this looks fantastic. This looks like everything I wanted to see. I don't know. I'm going to be perfectly straight with you on this. I, I said my problem with, with the series is I can't seem to get into the whole continental thing. It It's just, there's, there's no internal logic in the continental thing. And I also think the more we learn about it, the worse, the, the less interesting it gets. If somebody can explain to me the value of those coins, I'd love to hear it. There's no, there seems to be no consistent value to any of what they are. There isn't. And I, I, the less, the better. And the other thing too, I got, I've been burned by Halle Berry a couple times now, <laughs> particularly like, and I don't blame her, but die another day. All right. And, uh, I seeing her pop up in this does not fill me with confidence. I still think that it'll probably... I'm sure it'll be good and entertaining. I love the first two films, so I'm sure it'll be more of the same and great. I really hope so. But we'll see. I'm still looking yeah. forward to it. It just wasn't in my top... What would it do? 10? It was like 11. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Right. You know, I, I really think... Hey, I'm just going to point this out here. Okay, one, you're really taking the wrong lessons from from John Wick. You're really you're really giving me kind of like a, you know, Simpsons vibe where you're the guy in the back saying genius at work to criticizing a children's show. That's what I feel like you're doing to me right now. I mean, come on, a bunch of dudes, a biker gang with katanas, that all coming out at the same time. It's like perfect. I want to see it. Chris, I'm very upset with you. I want to see it. I just want to see other things more. Explain to me the, the explain to me how currency works in John Wick. I will not be I will not be happy with it until that happens. I'm not that. I'm just curious. I don't understand what the value of those coins are. So three coins can clean up what two dozen two dozen dead people in your house, mm-hmm. and then one coin is for you can buy a drink. What? I don't. <laughs> Maybe maybe the maybe the coins have different value depending on who gave them to you. Maybe they're printed differently. Have we ever really thought about that, Chris? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, see? you could totally run an economy on something like that. Because yes, because a movie about a, a secret world of hitman where basically everyone in New York is apparently a hitman yes. is, is 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 really the we got to worry about their their coins. Part of me think that's part of my issue too is the, the more this universe expands the more unbelievable it becomes. But I thought that was like your thing, man. I thought you were like you're into like the kind of B movie ridiculousness of this stuff. Like that's the fun of it is that it's just so stupid that you just kind of got to go with it and well, enjoy like it. This, like the scene in in the second one when him and Common are shooting each other in the bus terminal. Well, like yeah. nobody would I, you know, it just, yeah, I said the same thing, but at the same time, I did not care because it, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense. Train terminal, subway, whatever it was. Yeah. I know it just, whatever. All right. So I actually had that on one of mine was John wick three and the note actually reads Holly Berry. Um, <laughs> Chris fired, Chris fired. So Christian McQuarrie, after previously saying he'd rather have leprosy than do another mission impossible film is doing two Mission Impossible films. They're filming them back-to-back. It's supposed to come out in 2021 and 2022. I'm assuming this is it, right? I mean, may I, so what are your thoughts on that? 
And are we going to pass the torch? Are we? Is there going to be a new agent that takes over? Because what is what is Cruz at this point? He's in his fifties, right? Late fifties. Yeah, he's in his fifties for sure. Mid fifties at least. Let me see here. Fifty. I'm gonna say fifty six. Okay. And fifty six. Oh. Whoa! Wow. So, this has got to be it, right? This has got to be it. So anyway, what are your thoughts? Are you excited for? I'm assuming I well. I'm assuming this is going to be a continuation film. So like, mm-hmm. like Rogue Nation was to fall out. Right. We're going to have a similar thing here. This is going to basically be kind of a two-part or some big blown out, blow out, massive send off for Ethan Hunt, which is cool. But what I would like just once, just once to have these movies actually be about a mission instead of him going rogue and his own agency trying to hunt him down. Maybe one time. One time, that's it. <laughs> so, but that's those are my thoughts. Um, what are you? What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know if they can do this movies. I mean, if if Tom Cruise hangs it up, and I think he'll be like Tom Brady, he'll just keep going until they kick him out, um, or he stops making money. Um, but I I don't see them handing over the reins because I think they're going to have like a Renner. Like, weren't they already supposed to hand it over with Renner? I think that um, initially that that was some of the thought that Renner was going to take over, but yeah. I don't know if that ever actually was the plan. Right. And I don't think they want to have like another Jason Bourne situation where they have, you know, three solid films that try and bring in a new guy and it just kind of all collapses around it. Um, and then they try to ham-fistedly bring back the original guy. Um, so I, I think what they'll do is even if this is his last blowout, I think they'll let it breathe for a little while. I think they'll let it, uh, let it simmer and then maybe they'll try again in just 10 years. Do a whole like different reboot from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Just start over. Maybe Ethan Hunt again, but it's a completely different character. So you don't want to see like the continuing adventures of Simon Pegg. The Ben, you know, Benji takes over as the, <laughs> I mean, um, as much as I love Him Simon Frost. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he can contain carry an action film like that. I'm just sorry, Nick. I love you, but I'm just throwing it out there. You don't Nick, want a Edgar Wright helmed Mission Impossible film starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. You know what? If they make that happen, sure, sure, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, we'll have to see. You may be right. They may just kind of shut the whole thing down and sit on the property for like five years or so, and then relaunch. Right. But I don't know, man. That is. Well, I mean, if you can replace James Bond, you can replace anybody. Yeah. But uh, I'm just saying that's a pretty iconic role for him at this point. So, hmm. all right. What do you got? Um, all right. So um, the reviews are coming out for our next review and um, they're not looking good. Now, I haven't read any of them, but I got, I've got i seen the number. I've seen the number on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. So glass is at 36%. Yes. That's that's that is not good. It's especially considering how Rotten Tomatoes rates their stuff because even if you're slightly positive, they give it a positive rating. Mm-hmm. So Well, they let the reviewer decide. Oh, they do. Yes. Okay. But the audience score is at 79%. So, what are you thinking? How are you feeling about this, Chris? We were really we were pretty anticipating for this. Here's You're what I think. Stoked. Well, here's here's my problem. My original theory is blown apart by the audience score. <laughs> my original theory was that the current state of superhero movies have passed glass by, and that what Shyamalan's doing here won't work for today's audience. Except that it's got an eighty percent audience score, <laughs> so that blows up that theory. 
Um, I'm assuming there's some big twist that maybe this whole thing takes place in some kid's mind at the end or something like that. I don't know. But okay. it's... I don't know. I like Part of me, I don't want to verbalize my thoughts because I'm afraid I'm going to manifest it into reality. I'm terrified that this is going to be horrible. <laughs> and I love Unbreakable so much and was so pleased with Split when, and I think, I, who was I talking to? Oh, my personal trainer, as if you couldn't tell. And uh, we were talking about Glass, because he wasn't as familiar with the whole backstory. And I told him that Split was solid, but it went from like a B- minus to a B plus just because of the reveal of David Dunn at the end of the film. But, uh... Yeah, Matt, I'm really terrified. This is going to be like a happening level disaster. I I don't think it's going to be. I think I'm going to enjoy it. But there's just part of me that's just like that he just fumbled the ball at the at the one yard line, and this thing is just bad. Yeah, um, I I can't imagine just looking at it. It doesn't look anywhere near as bad as the happening. Although the happening does have its charms. Um, what I'm what I'm anticipating is, and is that this is going to be another village where it's got some really solid stuff in it. And he just kind of screws it up by giving into his worst impulses. And mm. I, that's what I'm nervous of. Like, like there's going to be the bones of something that's really good there. Um, but you know, he just, he just makes some bad decisions, some bad storytelling decisions. That's going to really derail the thing. Yeah. I wonder if like, cause after the success of split, he's like, well, I'm finally going to be able to do this. And he just goes all in on all the, wrong moves like you're saying right. that's entirely right. possible yeah where he doesn't have somebody reining him in by his own budget and stuff like that i will be seeing this on tuesday night okay so i will we'll be talking about it soon but i'm sure i'll post something on our twitter account where you can i'll do some kind of initial reaction maybe some emoji or some gif of me crying or exuberantly happy or just kind of meh. Is there a meh gif? I'm assuming there is. All right, Matt. What do I got for you? Ooh, I want to save this one for you because I'm sure you're excited, very excited about it. Ghostbusters 3. So there's actually a teaser trailer. Jason Reitman is making a... <sighs> proper isn't the right term, but I guess a Ghostbusters universe proper sequel. Mm-hmm. And according to Ernie Hudson that I read online today, everybody's coming back. Clearly not everybody. Well, Egon's not coming back, obviously. <laughs> but and then Bill Murray at one point said he'd only come back if uh, Venkman died in the beginning of the film. Mm. Now, I don't know if he's sticking to that or not. I couldn't tell you. Right. But Ghostbusters 3, Jason Reitman, what are your thoughts? Um, you know what? Um, I, I'm a child of the 80s. I was a kid when the original Ghostbusters came out. I got it on VHS. I watched it so many times, I could literally recite the whole movie, oh, sure, basically, verbatim. Um, you know, I was too stupid to really understand how um, mediocre Ghostbusters 2 was, but it has not aged well, um, and it's not good. Um, so, I mean, I'm not a slavish fan to this thing, like, by any means. Like, I loved it a lot at a certain point in my life, but it's obviously just kind of nostalgia. It's not something I really follow. Um, so I'm intrigued, um, but you know, um, and I'll see it, I guess, but I mean, I'm not super excited over it. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think me too. I don't know. I just hashtag me too. I don't think that. I don't know what it is. I'm just not. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be good. Yeah. I. I. For some reason, I have like no faith that this thing is gonna come together. Is it because that the reboot was just so mediocre? Like it had such good no. talent in it, and it was just not. No. It was just kind of blah. No, I think Ghostbusters, their first film, is one of those things where they just caught lightning in a bottle. Sure. And I just don't know if I just don't think it'd be replicated. And they didn't. They haven't yet. There was a sequel. There was a reboot. Neither of them terribly good. Uh, the reboot is oh, is it's not bad. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's still. I just don't know. I think it's just one of those. There, this happens occasionally in cinema and in life, where just you know, just everything just kind of clicks and comes together perfectly at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think. I just don't feel it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, what do you think about Leslie Jones uh, going on a Twitter tirade about how uh, she thinks it's bunk that uh, that they're making one that's kind of abandoning what they did? Welcome to Hollywood. Hollywood, especially big budget films like that, is not so much focused on artistic integrity. Right. It's about making money. Right. And it's as simple as that. I know. Yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't bring in the dough. I mean, the problem. And I read something that was very interesting. I never really thought of this. That one of the big problems with it is that Feig, um, he relied too much on improv and ad lib, that style of comedy, where it di- and it didn't really work. If he had gone tried to be a little stricter it might have might have worked out a little bit better which is like yeah. i think is a fair point that'll um, happen like the movies like the house which yeah. could have been hilarious you know yes. and it's just okay maybe yeah when you let those the imp- improv 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 improvisers i'll get there i'll do their thing and unfortunately what may seem hilarious in the moment just doesn't translate well on screen yeah so that could very well be been the issue that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me yeah, you know, I mean, for every uh, Anchorman or Step Brothers you get, you get uh, the house. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, although we did, we did find out the perfect role that Chris Hemsworth needs to play in every single movie he's in. That's true. Like a himbo, funny, funny himbo. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you got? All right. Um, so, are you saving me a Spider-Man question? I certainly am. Okay. Well, I was going to ask a Spider-Man question, so why don't you just go ahead and ask me your Spider-Man question? I'm just asking for your thoughts on the Spider-Man trailer. And I feel okay. like the the reveal of officially of our villain. Yeah. Knowing the origins of the character, I feel like I know exactly what this film's going to be about and what's going to happen. But I'm still I'm sure I'm still really enjoy it. So, but sure. what are your thoughts on trailer and how excited are you? And are you as excited as I am? That we are getting the fishbowl. Yes, I'm super excited for the fishbowl. Um, I'm really glad they're leaning into some comic book stupidity, um, which you don't see enough of in these things. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, like I've you know, said many many times, I mean, Spider Man's my favorite, so obviously it uh, it's already got a pretty high bar for me. Um, but I think I think you're right. I mean, I, I basically what I'm getting here is that uh, Mysterio is going to have be playing doing like a syndrome kind of thing. Um, He's uh, playing the hero when he's actually creating the crises kind of thing. Right. Um, so I don't know. Um, and then I guess there's been some speculation that maybe he's going to actually have magic because his powers in the in the thing uh, or in the trailer look like Doctor Strange, like the 
things he's shooting out of his hands and stuff like that. It looks like huh. magic, um, but I don't know. We'll see. And also, there's a hint. I don't know if you saw this that Hydroman is in it too. Oh, really? Because I guess there's a scene where there's a big water monster. At first, I thought maybe it was a Mysterio illusion. Sure, which is what he does. Yeah, but I guess behind it in the Hydro Man or the big water monster in the scene, is yeah, like it says ASM like one two two or I can't remember the number, which is the issue that introduced Hydro Man into oh, okay. uh, Marvel, the Marvel okay. So, or maybe that's just how they tag. Maybe it is all an illusion thing. They just kind of sure. honor it by doing that. I don't know. Sure. So that's happening. But yeah, no, I I'm gonna I think I'm gonna really love Joan Hall as Mysterio. I love Mysterio because it's such a crazy costume. Right. And uh I can't wait to see it on the big screen. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm like I said, I'm glad they're leaning into uh the insanity. So, so what do you think it takes place? Do you think it takes place? I mean, what do you mean? Nick or, Fury's in this, so is it like pre snap? No. Or is it post? It's, it's definitely post. post. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. What? What? Yeah, you think Spider-Man's dead? No, no, no. I just didn't know if they were going to try and redo it in some other way or play with the timeline or something like I that. Mean, I guess they could. Yeah. But you think they would announce that in the beginning of the trailer. You mm-hmm. know, they would say like 2016, 2018, or whatever it is. Sure. 2017, so that you would know. And that way it also help the... Um, the of the lack of a spoiler is like oh see spider-man comes back mm. but no i don't think so maybe maybe it will be i don't know i have no strong opinion either way do you no i mean yeah i'm just curious i don't really know how way it would go but you know i couldn't maybe the, i think they should probably just make it directly after everything gets better in the new avengers film and just leave it at that that is my assumption so all right all right man i gotta Man, I got a few things, but I'm going to shelve one of them. Um, maybe for a what are the odds? Because we got the okay. Oscars coming up. So we got some stuff to talk about. I think, is it a Tuesday or next Tuesday they get announced? Maybe Tuesday. I think it's this Tuesday. But I, I'm going to give you, all right, I'm going to do a quick call it for you. And it's going okay. to wrap me up for the day. Okay. You can only see one this year. Which will it be? Avengers Endgame or mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Nine? That's tough. I can only see one this year. You know what? I'm gonna play. One I'm gonna I'll, ever like this is it. One is gone. One you never get to see one. So you, <sighs> not just this year. One or the other. Which one would you choose if you could only choose one? Man, that's tough. Uh, I guess my fandom right now is focused on Star Wars, so I, I'm gonna say Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, but you ask me in a year from now that question. Maybe I won't be as into Star Wars as I am at the moment, so I would change that, my answer. Yeah, I think that's the only answer is episode nine. Okay. I agree. You're pretty easy about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've told you many times. I know exactly what's gonna happen in Endgame. So <laughs> I just don't know who's gonna die. <laughs> we think it's either RDJ or uh 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 Chris, Chris Evans, Evans. Captain America. Or, One both. Of the two. or both. Or both. Mm-hmm. Or both. Mm-hmm. You got any more? I do not. Good times. Good yeah. Times, good times. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think? What are your thoughts on any of those subjects? We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. All right, Matt. Next week, well, we've talked about it. We now feel slightly threatened by it. 
but we are going to talk about glass. Yeah. And that Shyamalan's conclusion to his Unbreakable trilogy. We'll see how it turns out. Also, there's a bunch of other stuff that's available online, Matt, we got to talk about. So we'll figure something out. I don't know what you want to do yet, but there's a lot of stuff out there. There is. So we'll figure that out. In the meantime, check us out. You can watch the live streaming of the, of the recording of the show on YouTube. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Just do a search for the first run. Scroll, 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 and you will find us. Go over to Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind, and give us a rating. I will read it on air, and it'll also help other people find the show. So what do you think, Matt? Let's take an extended break. And we'll see you guys all next week. And I'll either be happy or crying. Or nonplussed. You're a disease. And I'm the cure.